Hello, my friend, and welcome to this episode of the Daily Walk Heavenwards podcast. I'm Father Stanislaw, and I'm privileged to break open the word with you and for you and together, focusing on this wonderful gift that God has given us, his revelation of himself to us. And this week we are celebrating the Feast of the Baptism, and as we look at Jesus and uh, meditate on his experience, we understand much more our own baptism and what it means to be a child of God. Let's open our hearts, our minds, and welcome God's Word into our heart. And uh, we begin with prayer. Let us pray. O God, whose only begotten Son has appeared in our very flesh, grant, we pray, that we may be inwardly transformed through him whom we recognize as outwardly like ourselves, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. This is what John the Baptist proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. It happened in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. On coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens being torn open and the spirit, like a dove, descending upon him. And the voice came from the heavens, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. As Christians, we take another step into our Christmas season and we reach the Feast of the Baptism of the Lord. And actually, this is also the last step that we're going to take in the, system, in the Christmas season because with this feast day, the week will close the holiday as well. We spend time looking at the manger. We focus on Jesus. We focus on Mary and Joseph as a holy family, Mary. Then we celebrate it last Uh, Sunday, the Epiphany, the fact that God attracts all people toward him. And now we are seeing Jesus grown up and going, beginning the new adventure that God has prepared for us, the the, the proclamation of the kingdom. And uh, we see in this, therefore, the the realization that what we contemplated at the manger, what we contemplated throughout the Christmas season, we, we saw already, we had in mind what God had in, uh, was preparing for us, but now we see it in action. And of course, after spending all this time looking and meditating on the incarnation, what God has done, uh, allowing Jesus to be born and be like us, we have learned quite a lot about God and about ourselves and about each other. God loves us so much that he did not just send us a card or a gift. He sent us himself. He sent himself to us. He allowed himself to share our life. 
He didn't just look like us, he was like us. And he has done that in order to fulfill the plan, in order to realize the plan that God had, to spend time with we, to, to share our life. And therefore, we now know that as the father of the church used to say, he became like us so that we can become like him. Okay? And how do we become like him? Well, through the, that's the function of prayer. That's the function of sacraments, especially the Eucharist. Because in the Eucharist, we receive whom we... Uh, we become whom we receive. Whom are we receiving at the Eucharist? It's not a trick question. Jesus, yes. So whom are we supposed to become? Jesus. Okay. That's the, co the goal of our Christian life, to become another Christ. So God is making us into uh, another Christ. We call that the process of sanctification. That's what it means to, be, to become uh, a saint. It means to become fully ourselves so that when Jesus looks at us, we'll actually be able to see Jesus as well. That's one of the prefaces in the ordinary time that we use. We say exactly this. We say, whatever you love, saw and love in Christ, love and see in us as well, because we are becoming one. All right, we know all these many wonderful things, but now we are ready to bring it into practice. And we open the Word, and of course at Christmas we already uh, were challenged by the Word, saying that we not only celebrate Christmas, we want to become Christmas. We not only see Jesus in the manger, but we must understand that Jesus is using us as the manger. Okay? He wants to be the place where he is born and reborn so that he can be present everywhere we go. Everywhere we go, we bring Jesus with us. And therefore, the effect that we should see everywhere we go should always be the same. A place where Christ can be felt. In our homes, at the stores, at the workplace, even in the church. Wherever we go, we bring Christ with us. And we want to become aware of this. We want to... Uh, look and say, you know, is my behavior showing that Christ is in me? Remember, last Sunday we saw that God attracted the Magi and, uh, to Jesus using the star, using something that they considered to be beautiful. And they were so courageous that they took that journey just to find out what, God had, what was in store for them. We too follow a star. We follow Christ who leads us to the Father. But let's remember also that we are the star that many people see. And it makes me wonder, whenever they see me, are they going to follow? Will I able to bring them to Christ? Or will I bring them to something else? You see what an awesome role we play in the world. And this happens because we are baptized. So, as we look at the baptism of the Lord, we want to see ours as well. Because we are baptized, and what happens when we are baptized? Yes, we are incorporated into the family of God. Original sin is wiped away, and now we become part of God's family. Now, let me be clear about one thing. Ready? This is good news. Roll the drums. We are members of God's family not because 
we made a choice. Not because we did something to merit such a thing. Not because we stand on some beautiful thing. Oh, Father, I stand for this. I'm against that. Good for you. But that's not what made us members of the family of God. Well, we are not members of the family. I'm running out of space here. Uh, we are not members of God's family because we say prayers. You know, Father, I say these prayers, these novenas. I said them in English, in Spanish, in Latin, in Klingon. I don't know. None of this. We are members of God's family because He called us to be. He made it happen. When we come here, we celebrate, guess what? What God has done for us. And He has made it happen because He loves us immensely. God loves us to death. God loves us to death, okay? Look at Jesus. Whenever you look at Jesus on the cross, take it personally. Whenever you see Jesus on the cross again, yeah, that's how much I'm worth for Jesus. Do you understand? That's love. The Gospel of John tells us that Jesus loved us to the end. That's an expression that is ambiguous, like in the Gospel of John. Words always have more than one meaning. And it means not only to the end that chronologically it died, so there was no more. But it also means that he gave it all, that he did not have anything else to give, and he just gave it all. And that's how much we love. So our baptism must be seen within the context of which God, the, the, the context of God's love for us. That is amazing. And because of the covenant of the cross, God never changes his mind. He never says, you know, Stanislaw, I've given you so many chances. I think I'm going to, okay, keep women well fed. I'll see you when I'll see you. Thank goodness he doesn't do it because I will be lost. But God's grace is constantly reaching out to me, to each one of us, so that the grace we receive, the baptism, can be brought alive. Now, every time we open the words, we always try to make sure that Jesus is born in the reality of life that we're going through. So as I was preparing for this liturgy and I was opening the word and meditating on the baptism of the Lord, I was witnessing, as all of you have, I'm pretty sure, all that happened at the Capitol. And, and of course, with the word in my hand, I was like, first of all, this event made me turn on the TV set. That has been all since last April. I know. And you know what? I haven't missed anything. <laughs> Try it out. You see, it's, it's, it's fine. Who told us? You know, we believe the fact that we have to, to have that thing, appliance on all the time. It works wonderful, even if we, life works wonderful, even if it's off. It's my choice, not yours, it's fine. But I had to turn it on because I could not believe it. And on, uh, I have to tell you, I was really disturbed. And for a moment, it was so unreal that I said, oh, this must be a movie. I'm sure now Captain America, Spider-Man, one of those people will come and we'll, we'll make it right. And it gave me the feeling of 9-11 when I was watching that happening live. And like, how did we reach this point? But most especially, what are the steps that we have taken that brought us to that event 
Now, I don't want to go into the reason because everybody's turning the story according to whatever they were. That's fine. It's not what the homily is about. But certainly, as a leader of a faith community, I had to ask myself, have I, have we as a church, parish, church at large, church in the world, contributed to that mindset, to the mindset that make us think that violence is somehow acceptable? Also, as I was reading the comments that people were leaving on the news things and uh, feeds and things, it made me wonder, how, how is it that many Christians, many Catholics, are quote-unquote condoning such action, violent actions? And remember, let me remind you of this, that every time we go into the mindset that says, yes, but they are doing whatever, you know, sometimes we do this. I'm a guest, but they are doing. We are shifting attention. We are first of all considering somebody else as the cause of our actions. So we are measuring ourselves with somebody else. Yeah, but they are not as good as we are. Well, that's, mm. We as Christians measure ourselves from where? Okay, Jesus, yes, thank you. Because the word comes to us, as we heard from the first reading, when God speaks to us, the word we receive will not return to him until he bears fruit. He does what he's meant to do. And the word that God speaks is Jesus. So we have to figure out, how can we now change this mindset that will allow us to think that we are each other's enemy? And as someone who made the choice of being an American, is also even more, cost, you know, I'm feeling the whole thing. Like, wait, 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 this is not what we are supposed, how we deal with problems. All right, so at one point I'm saying, what can we do, what can I do to make sure that that mindset begins to heal, begins to change? Well, the word was telling me, uh, the feast, I said, go back to who you are. Go back to baptism. I am a child of God. I am used, I made the choice that, I, that allows me to look at Jesus as the source of everything I do. My behavior must be modeled on that, on nothing else. So when I place Christ as the source of everything, the, the supremacy, you know, I want to love God above all things, all the other things must be be rearranged, making sure that no other group, other way of thinking takes the same place or a place above the gospel. So we are looking now the gospel, the, the gospel, and you said that we are baptized. We are, we are sharing in the experience of baptism of Christ. So let's take a look at it. So hopefully that will help us to reset the mindset and start looking at things in a different way and allowing us, therefore, to make decisions that will allow us, Christ, to be present everywhere we go. So, we see, first of all, that Jesus was baptized by John. First of all, just as, for, as a trivial thing, background information, the, 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 the Gospels, these guys, the evangelists, are not only theologians, because they are writing, reflecting on the story of Jesus, but they're also writers. And therefore, we see that the story of uh, baptism, as Mark gives us, 
parallels the story of the crucifixion. How do they do it? Back then, in order to make a connection, they would repeat words. They were very oral. They did not have their Bibles in their hands. So they were very uh, attentive to how the words were used. And we see that this story contains some words that are found in the story of the crucifixion of Jesus. So we now know something very important. Baptism is not only the sacrament that makes us part of the family of God, but it's also a sacrament that points to death and resurrection. Our death and resurrection as well. Okay? It means in order for us to be Christian, we have to die in order to rise. We have to go down the water and out of the water. The word baptism comes from the Greek baptizo, which actually means to dunk. Okay? You have someone in a body of water and you push him under, well, push probably is not the right word. You very gently invite him to go down the water, and then you have to let go because the guy is to come up. All right? Instruction. So, but it, the concept is to go down and up. Remember that in the mentality of the Jewish people, water was, the, they were terrified of water, and it was the symbol of death. We will hear that later on in the gospel when Jesus will call the disciples to be fishers of men. Okay? So to, to take people out of something that kills into something that gives life. Okay? So we, in order to be Christians, what do we do? We share in the death and resurrection of Jesus. It means that we are constantly making the choice to let go of whatever is human, whatever it is that makes us go in a bad, in the wrong way, in order to choose the new life of God. So Jesus goes to uh, John and goes, with in, goes through the ritual. And we see something beautiful. As Jesus is coming out, out of the water, he sees the heavens being torn open. It does not mean that the heavens opened, because whatever you open, you can close. And they thought at that time, at the time of Jesus, that God was mad at them because for many years he did not send any prophet. So they felt, okay, he's not going to talk to us anymore. But now the heavens is being torn open. It's pretty much like you have a piece of paper and you rip it. Okay? Now, no matter how good you are, whenever you try to put back the, the, the pieces, they never look intact. They always have a mark. You can put scotch tape, glue, whatever, but you know it's been ripped. In other words, now God is committed to come out of the heaven and be with us. How does he come up? The Holy Spirit comes down to us, onto Jesus, and therefore to us, like a dove, not as a dove, not like a bird, okay? But he comes dove-like, very gently. I know in our imagination we got the bird. But it was supposed to mean that he comes down very gently. And what happens? Jesus hears the voice of the Father saying to him, You are my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. And this is what God says to us, to each one of us, when we are baptized. You are my child. I am very well pleased with you. Isn't that amazing? We think that we have to do something in order for God to like us. And God says, there is nothing you can do to make me like you more because I love you too 
death already. So we want to reclaim this beautiful reality that every time we make the sign of the cross, we are saying to ourselves, I am so loved by God. And we must reclaim this dignity. This is where we find our truest identity. In fact, in theology, we say that baptism places an, quote-unquote, ontological mark on our soul. In other words, we are changed forever. And whenever God sees us, he sees that mark. He says, oh, you're my child. It doesn't matter how much mud we have, how much sin we have committed. He still calls it, oh, you're my child. Come on in. Let's deal with this. Okay, there is nothing that we can do that is going to make God love us less. This is the good news that we celebrate as Christians. This is what we, are, we experience our identity. God's changing us so much that he turns us from sinners to his children. Okay, this is what we need to reclaim, especially this year. And therefore, when I go out there in the world, I go out there in the world as a child of God. And therefore, I deal with people who disagree with me in a very different way. As we heard in the readings, we, as Jesus, we can only experience this life by loving. And therefore, Jesus has been very clear. He said, by this, they will recognize you as my disciples. If you love one another. This makes us really Christians, not what we have on t-shirts, whatever. That comes to support our primary identity. We got this wrong, all the other things are wrong. This is the time when we must claim our identity and become more and more aware of what God has done in calling us to be members of his family. And we want to decide every single day, or if you're like me, twice or three times a day, to die constantly to oneself in order to rise in the life that God has given us in Christ. And therefore, we continue to pray today, placing on the altar our willingness to be people of reconciliation, people of peace, people who are willing to love. And by the way we love each other, we are telling people what we believe is so true that my life has changed. And they will be able to follow us. And we want that because we long for that. We long to encounter the God who loves us so much. And with this in mind, we want to pray for all those people who have been involved in whatever we witness, all the effects that this was creating, and for each one of us, that we may have the courage to claim, to claim Christ, our peace, and become agents of peace, knowing that this is truly worth investing all our energies, because that will allow us to see the kingdom of God in our midst. God really present, and therefore, it's really starting this wonderful civilization that will lead us to the civilization of love made all possible because we live as children of God. I hope the word inspired you to take a look and meditate on the wonderful gift that you have received in baptism. And I hope that together, as we reclaim our own identity, we can make the choice of God and continue to follow Jesus. 
I'll wish you well. I will be praying for you who listen to these words. And I hope that you pray for me as well. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye.